Hello everybody and welcome to the Chats with Lisa podcast. In this space, I will be conversing with different humans on topics that inspire me. We each have a unique essence we bring to the world and my hope is that my guests' stories will bring you encouragement, validation and inspiration on your journey as they share theirs. And of course, I will be infusing human design into the conversation too. Enjoy! Hello, Anya. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. Uh, hi there. Hi. So, Anya is an astrologer and who I met about, was it a month ago, Anya? I'm not sure. Like a, a bit month, more. A month yeah. and a half, a more or less. Before, before the, the yeah. last new, new moon, I think. <laughs> yeah, so more than, more than a month yeah. ago. And um, she did an astrology reading for me and I was blown away and yeah, felt so much validation and yeah, things, a lot of things clicked into place. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited to have you on and share you with my, um, with my listeners and talk astrology, but firstly talk about your story, I think. Like, how did you get into astrology? Um, you and I, we're different generations. So I think nowadays these things are a lot more um, accessible. Whereas I'm sure um, when you were younger, like 18 or whenever you started getting into this, um, it was a lot different. So I'd love for you to just introduce yourself and share a bit about your journey with astrology. Yeah, so I've been fascinated by astrology, I think, forever, actually. If I look back to my dolls, they all had had signs that re that re resonated with their personalities. And then I was always fascinated with personalities. So I think that when I found out that astrology had that, it's a, it's a tool that can really work with, with understanding people, um, personality types. Um, I then got into it. I had my first reading when I was about 17 with Bob Saskin. And that was just it. It was like a, the light got switched on. And then mm. soon after finishing school, um, I think I was about 18, going on 19, I then studied with him. And that was in real life, not on, online. Um, I didn't find books um, helped me because they, they mainly focused on sun sign astrology and not on, on the deeper astrology that I was interested in. So mm. Rod's approach, foundation, traditional astrology was very... Um, it was exactly what I was looking for. Um, so I studied then, but I didn't use it as my work at that point um, because you almost need life experience to be able to help others. So mm. it was only when I was in my 30s and I was a mother of one and then later on two children um, that I, I saw the, the just how important it can be as a mother to, to navigate with a chart to understand their children. And so that made me want to restudy and actually use that as my way of helping other mothers um, with yeah with astrology and, and understanding their children. Um, so that, yeah, that's how I got back into it um, around my Jupiter return, which was a, well, between the ages of about 34 and 36. So I did another three years again, but I did it in two years. And yeah, and, I, and I've been just, um, working professionally since then, um, from about 2009. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful how 
So when the timing is right, and then we step into um, the fullness of the calling almost. And I can so relate with you about the life experience and having to have walked some sort of a path yourself first. I remember when I started really, I haven't been doing human design for very, very long. It's three years now. But um, when I started and I had to um, like tell clients about their shadow sides, it was the most difficult thing for me to do. Um, I found it really, really hard. Whereas now a few years on, uh, um, having walked my own or I'm walking my own journey and facing my own shadows it's almost a little bit um, I have more compassion for myself and I can then also yeah relay the information in a easier way it's it's less sticky <laughs> so yeah I relate well, to yeah. Yeah. yeah it's integrated it's coming from a place of experience not just a place of, of um, information Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly the thing. If in, I've integrated and you've integrated. Yeah. And then I yeah. suppose the integration will always happen. It will continue happening, but it has to like happen on some, some level first. Yeah. So if you yeah. could like give us your sort of explanation, I don't want to say definition because it feels a bit boxed in, but what is astrology? Sure, that's a that's a very um big question. Heavy, heavy yeah. and big question. But, but in your yeah. so you've explained to us that in your like you um have always been interested in it and then you saw how it could help parents. Yes. But what um yeah, just give us it doesn't have to be very deep, but whatever you what what what's coming yeah. up for, for you to share. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, once upon a time, astronomy and astrology were, were aligned. It was a, the rational and the intuitive mind connected, and the people that used to share the information would get it kind of yeah, in, a, in a true form. Now what's happened is because science and intuitive studies have kind of like been almost like separated, mm. it's, it's, astrology has now been pushed into the kind of like the um more the fortune telling box rather than mm. in in a the navigating box. I mean, I see it as as a, a tool, mm. um, an incredibly important tool to be able to go straight to the source, to the blueprint of the person, what they've come to learn, where their sabotage loops are, where their talents are, and that's all based on the alignment of the planets through time and space. Mm. So the, the time you're born and the place you're born, and and then of course the date. Then create this chart, which is not just your sun. It's a, it's all it's all the planets in alignment at that particular point in time. And then, I having studied the the sort of key words of what these planets are and what signs they're in and what aspects they are, it creates a story. Mm. And then I can then help the person because I'm already getting an in-house look at where they're at and also who they are just through the chart. Mm. Um, it is a tool. I like to see it as a tool rather than a belief system. Um, I I work intuitively and I work um, like in a counseling coaching style, and I find astrology really helps with that. Mm. Um, so the way I work is not not predictive. It's much more bringing people back to the essence of where they are right now because we tend to get 
we either project ourselves into the idealism of the future or we are holding too much on the fear of the past, the security mm. of the past, that we're not here. So the way I work is very much about bringing the person back to the moment, looking at the authentic um, power and how, how best to align it back into place so that they can feel, yeah, feel their purpose and motivation and inspiration again. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that is what astrology is. Astrology yeah. is the energy part of the planets. Yeah, so the, the planets work in in um, cycles, and um, so and then you're looking at how those cycles in in their different ways. Like for example, moons a fast cycle, Pluto is a very slow cycle. So you're looking at mm. the different cycles and how it's affecting your, your birth chart at the time. Mm. And that's what a transit is called. Yeah, you know, I love how you've explained like, like how you use astrology in, like you said, in your coaching and and helping people. And that's definitely what I felt when you did my reading for me. Um, it was I could see where I am at and yeah. why I'm here and what I can work on um, to progress. Yeah, it was beautiful the way that you you put it out for me so um yeah I was wondering also if you could share sun sign rising sign our moon sign um perhaps what those three mean I know we can't really look at a chart in isolation you know nitpick yeah. things out and but um if people were curious and they yes. wanted to understand like what is a sun sign what does it say mm. And so in Western mean. astrology, we've, yeah, in Western astrology, we've overemphasized the sun sign, pretty, mm. pretty much like how we overemphasize the, the ego part of our personality. Mm -hmm. um, the sun sign is actually the journey from lower self to higher self. So, so you'll often find ego patterns in that because it will be about shifting and working through. So you'll have too much of something or too little of something and you have to find the balance. And that's what the journey of the sun is doing. It's how do you radiate your light authentically? And you're going to come into kind of pitfalls along the way. So like an mm. Aries pitfall will be different to a Libran pitfall. Mm. But it will be something that they have to learn. Um, and so that's the sun. The sun is radiating your light. Um, the moon is much more soul related. It's like it's your inner needs. So often you, the reactions that you're having, like for example, if you're feeling resentment, if you're feeling anger, it's because you, the, the balance is out with, with actually giving, um, giving yourself what you need because you're so busy having to prove or try or dilute to fit into what others expect of you. So, mm -hmm. um, so the, the moon is actually a very important one to look at because it's, it's, it's actually your soul. There's a soul energy attached to the moon. The rising sign or ascendant is how, it's almost like the adjective to the sun. So if you are a Libran and you've got, let's say, a cancer ascendant, you can be the nurturing Libran or the, oh, um, that's or the emotional mm. Libran. So it's how you drive your, your vehicle. And so it will be how you project yourself out to the world and how you want to be seen by the world sort of externally. So, so that's why those three are often seen as the big three. Because it's a super significant part of how you are basically shining your light out into the world on your journey. Mm. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask. Are those three the most important? And what other parts would you, would you well, want to share? It's the first level. Yes. It's the first level. So 
you would look at that as okay so what what is happening there and then you go a bit deeper and you look at at the next level which will be the aspects of the other planets and also yeah so it's each each chart is so unique mm. which is what's so so um interesting how um in horoscopes everyone boxes all the occurrence into one box there's no way i mean you you really need to see that the um the individual chart based on the time, date, and place of birth to really understand how to work with that yeah. particular chart. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you do a lot of work with the moon as well. So do, would you like to tell us about that? Yeah, so the moon is our actually our timekeeper. <laughs> if you think of if we actually start working uh, more connectedly with watching the phases of the moon, and you're seeing that the new moon is a starting point of the waxing two weeks. And you start working on your, your intention mm. um, from, a, from an authentic place. You can watch through the phases of the moon how, how you are staying with yourself and where the wobbles are along the way. So that by the time you get to the full moon, two weeks later, it's shining light on that intention. And then you can see, if you are wobbling out, you can see how somewhere along the track of those two weeks you've fallen off. <laughs> And then you can try again next next time. But it's it's very much a, a catcher of of staying intuitively connected to yourself so that you're working much more authentically rather than that whole thing of diluting and fitting in. Um because I'm I'm trying very hard not to to, to fit in. I think I'm a little bit of a, a rebel in that sense. But mm. it's it's it, it also helps the moon helps you to be intuitive rather than rational. And intu intuition is much more connected to Alignment on, to, uh, on your own journey. Mm. A lot of our, our wobbles we have is because we, we do too much out first and then and then we don't have enough petrol left to drive our own car. So we're like putting petrol in yeah. our Yeah, and it's yeah. interesting, as you said, we put so much emphasis on the sun sign and that's the out, yeah. the output, the light radiating yeah. out, whereas the moon is the inner world. And that has not yeah. really gotten any attention, I think. I mean, yeah. I knew my, I'm a Libra and I've known, sun sign, and I've known that for the longest time, but I only recently, like, learned about my moon sign. So it's interesting, yeah, that I have a Leo moon. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, but, um, and I, I didn't know that for the longest time. I didn't know that it had any importance, <laughs> but now that I'm, starting yeah. little bits and bits bit by bit understanding astrology um it is making a lot more sense yeah well if you think if you think of the night and the day they yeah. they are as important as each other in their own way and it's mm. the same with the moon and the sun um so the significance of the sun sign and the moon sign are, are as important it's not like the sun's more important yeah exactly that's yeah. that's the way that the world has been set up right the masculine and the feminine the patriarchy yeah it's all of that reflected in so many areas of our lives um yeah, yeah. and in astrology as well i suppose <laughs> yeah and then i wanted to also touch on the elements in the chart because some of us have more energy water fire earth and how that sort of plays out. And 
I know you gave me practical tips to bring more air and more fire into my life because I have a lot of um, earth energy and water energy. So if you could talk sort of to that as well. Yes. So again, when I'm looking at a chart, like the, um, when I go into the element table, it's a, it, it also um, focuses on balance. So where are the imbalances in the element? So the fire represents energy and sort of spontaneity and heat and how you are expressing yourself sort of energetically. The earth is more about the material and the security and the, the sort of mundane, like keeping your feet on the ground kind of thing. Um, air is objectivity and intellectual connection, and then water is is um, subconscious, emotional, spiritual, compassion, things like that. So that's just a basic kind mm. of like mm. summary. Now, most of us will have two of those elements quite strong, and maybe one one or two that is lacking, um, and that that creates a like a personality type. So, for example, if you've got strong air and earth it would be the, the practical thinker um, mm. and then you need to bring in the water which is the spiritual side and the compassionate side to actually learn to understand that the the more subconscious level of your personality and your emotions because mm. you'll be functioning too much on on the intellectual side or the rational side um, mm. which can bring in things like nervous nervousness or uh, insomnia or so whenever a planet is, is i mean an element is 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 too high it's too much of, so you need to actually bring in the, the ones that are lacking. So, mm. so if you don't have air in your chart, use the energy of air around us as, as the medicine. So breathe. When you're finding yourself stressed out, take a step back and just do some breathing exercises to calm yourself down. Mm. Um, have fresh air breaks if you're too much like on a computer or getting too much too into everybody else's stuff or too close to something. Take to, yeah, go for a, a, a run around the, the park or, or just a moment away just to mm. kind of space, um, create space yeah. Yeah. and take a breath. Yeah. yeah. And then also get a bird's eye view because if mm. you don't have, have air in your chart, you'll then be too focused on the detail and then you, you need to like, step back to see the bigger picture. So that's just an, um, and I can say that with all, all of the elements, but yeah, in a, in a nutshell, it's like that's how I work it, it's very much about looking. But like an Ayurvedic um, way, it's like if, if something's lacking, you bring it in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't have earth, earth, they bring in the the rhythm and bring in nature. If you don't have fire, go out into the sunlight, make fires, hug, do something spontaneous. If you don't have water, swim, drink water, um, connect to your the more creative and spiritual side. And mm. if you don't have air, yeah, breathe. <laughs> so oh, that's just in a nutshell yeah so maybe you can now just explain to us also like how you work because you i think you said to me like your birth chart your natal chart is yeah. your birth time and then um place and date and then it gives you your astrology chart and then the reading of that is sort of the default setting but then you also yeah. do other charts. Um, but I suppose always with clients, you'll probably start with the birth chart and then go into other things as well. So can you explain to us just how the readings, uh, what sort of offerings you have um, for people? Yeah. So so the birth chart reading is the, the one where I just work with. So that's what the children's charts. I, I pretty much just work with the birth chart. 
but if someone comes to me and they're wanting to know what's going on and where they're at and if they're wanting to go overseas or they're wanting this or that, then I use um, the transits, which um, you can get from, I mean, all I need when someone comes to me is the time, date, and place of birth. I don't need anything else unless they have a, a pertinent question. But generally, that question will come up anyway in the transits. Um, because I'll see the, the, so the transits are basically the planets in the sky now. So mm. you, you put that alignment sort of as a wheel around your, your um, birth chart um, wheel, and then you can see the, where those planetary energies are affecting you and how mm. they're affecting you. And, mm. how, and, and so, yeah, so I work with transits. I work with a, a year chart, which is called a solar return. I do progressions. Yeah, so there's many layers that I do to get the information. Um, and depending on what the person needs, I will then bring up a chart that will, will be, yeah, that will work with yeah. what you want. Um, yeah. Okay. And it's eclipse season is coming up. So I yes. thought it would be you and I spoke about this Um I think I'm not sure yet when this um, episode will come out, but I'm thinking to do it on the new moon eclipse on Tuesday. So could you perhaps explain to us what is eclipse season? I know it's going to happen in Scorpio. What does that mean? Um, I personally have a lot of in, uh, planets in in Scorpio, so I'm really interested to know. Yeah, if you could explain that to us as well, eclipses and especially the Scorpio one, what it means. Okay, so um, what people don't realize is that you that eclipses usually um, happen in in twos. Mm -hmm. First, it's the it's the little twos, which is the solar solar eclipse and the lunar eclipse, which are two weeks apart. So, it okay. starts, so the solar eclipse is on the new moon, mm -hmm. and, and the um, lunar eclipse. Is two weeks later on the full moon. Um, then six months later, you get the same the same little pattern happening again. So we had this the the Taurus Scorpio um, eclipse already this year in at the, in I think it was April. April, 30th. I remember. So April, yes, April thirtieth was the solar eclipse, and then two weeks later in mid May was the um, lunar eclipse. Um, and and now we're getting the second half of it. So it, the story when you have it now is actually we are seeing we we're actually seeing what is happening then. This is not a beginning of something. This is actually just evolving on what was going on in May, and it was very based on if you look at Taurus. Taurus is very much about values and money and and material things and and earth, mm. and Scorpio is power secrets. Um, and so what an eclipse does is it, it's shadow. It's a shadow that, that um, blocks the light. Mm. So it's a shadow, shadow time of having to dig deeper into understanding what's going on beneath the surface. All the stuff is coming to the surface. It's mm. quite a global thing. It's not always a personal thing. Mm. Um, it's, it's in your chart in a certain place that is activating it. Um, for me, it activated it because I'm a Taurus sun. So okay. I really feel it, and I'm already feeling it again. Where, um, yeah, so this one is particularly strong for various reasons. One, because it's Scorpio, and Scorpio is quite a deep sign. It does focus quite deeply on the shadow energy. Mm. Mm. Um, it's also 
coinciding with the Day of the Dead and the, the Halloween and yes, and so there's so many kind of like sort of yeah, it just feels like a we're going into this this deep dark cave to actually really come through it with some understanding, like excavate and yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so it's quite a deep one, and I think because we are moving into into a big shift next year. We need to go through the eye of the needle now and actually really just all of us need to fast bed through it and and kind of not not get um not go into fear mode. Mm. Um, because the fear of of the shadow just actually activates it. Whereas if you can actually shine light on it, we can understand it. And mm. then we can move through. I mean the whole word of fear, false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is um, so true. Like, and and that's the shadow work, isn't it? Like yeah. being brave enough to, instead of fearing it and not wanting to look and like holding your hands over your eyes and like not yeah. dealing, shoving under the mud, uh, under the carpet, or escaping, um, yeah. rather look and see what exactly. is it. And we all have shadows. I think that's the the biggest thing when you start like with shadow work and things like that to realize yeah. you are not alone or unique in this like we all have our stuff and the more we yeah. look at it the more light can shine in that space but Absolutely. yeah yeah and that's kind of what what um Rudolf Steiner actually had a um a really interesting concept on the alignment of the planets when you're born is it's mm. not your it's not your light. It's actually the shadows that you're having to work through to find your light. Sure. The, I found that very fascinating because we basically we are governed by fear. And if we are gonna the more we stay in fear, the more we stay in, in lower frequency, which is the ego ego level, and not in authentic higher higher um level. So the two places to always look at is fear and resistance. Mm. And that is that is where the answers are going to be. The more work you do there, the more empowered you can be, and the more you can conquer the the the, the repetitive pattern that keeps coming back at you. Sure, that yeah, that resonated on so many levels. Because <laughs> if we were just light, we wouldn't be on Earth learning these lessons, right. would we? So we yeah. are here to evolve and transform our fear into light or our darkness into light Um, yeah it makes so much sense because we wouldn't we wouldn't have been here otherwise um but i think society sells us this idea of light and expression and your you know everyone puts their best foot forward it's like we don't take the time to to look at those yeah, and that's the sun sign. So the sun sign is the daylight mm. and mm. the status and it's being recognized by the world and it's all nice and pretty. But then mm. we don't look at the moon, which is actually the, the soul and the deeper side of ourselves. Um, I got this little story that I'm working with called the, the three good wheels. So like you've got this this car and it's got three good wheels and cruising along, but the, the other wheel has got a flat tire and it's it's got resistance. So it's actually stopping you from being able to go forward. But then we, we just like start focusing on, oh, well, let's just get new mags and let's go and put a new sound system in and make it louder. Sure. And, then, mm. and then that wheel just gets more and more um, kind of like it slows you down to eventually it stops. 
and then you have to deal instead of mm. actually just stop and deal with that that flat wheel and then you can feel so much better but we avoid it <laughs> that is such a practical little story that just explains it so perfectly yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure um yeah and thank you for the eclipse explanation as well because i think we are so bombarded with information on anything and everything and i know because of the algorithms i am obviously on my instagram shown lots of astrology stuff and things like this but it's confusing and i have an open like um ground center you do too actually so we are open to that mental pressure, like information coming in from all sides. Yes. Um, so it's, it's a lot. So having someone that I can speak to like you, who I trust and um, that, that can explain it like in a practical way like that. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Sure. Now I'll always know. Um, and the twos as well, the solar eclipse, the lunar eclipse, and then six months later, yes. um, and does the eclipses always happen in the north and south node sign? Yes. Yeah. Ah. I mean, it's the, it's the nodes that then um, conjunct or oppose the, the luminaries, which is the sun and the moon. So that's, that's um, and, and basically the nodes are the shadows of the moon. So it is the, yeah, it is, it's exactly that. It's the things that bring us down and, and like sure. take away from, from the light. Yeah. Yeah, because it's yeah. currently, um, it's my, my north node is in Taurus and my south node in Scorpio. So, yes. so everyone was, born yeah. around the time that I was born. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. Astrology is actually a lot of mathematics, isn't it? It's like, yes. It's yeah. calculation. I mean, if someone would give me the wrong birth details, I'll be giving them a personality that doesn't even resonate with them. Mm. Give them the right birth time and date and place and I can go straight into kind of like people go whoa how did you know that it's just from that and it's yeah. calculated so it's definitely not psychic at all it's it's I mean I do work with intuition but I, but I, I have to do the calculation work first yes to be able to assist from that space yeah. that yeah yeah and it makes sense because um just to bring your human design in now you're a generator i think you know you're a generator a sacral generator and you're a full one profile and that one side of you um is about gathering information and having the knowledge having that foundation and then the four yeah. is like expressing it out to your community to your people the four is all about your people and um, relationships is really important to you having that foundation of trust um with people yeah to get your to get your message across and then what was also interesting in your chart for me is like you only have two centers defined so colored in your root center and your sacral center so yeah. in our in our different uh, do you know this about your chart what do you know um, about the human design chart? no not a lot i mean i have i have had it done once a long time ago but i haven't um no it's something i want to school actually understand more yeah so the your root is connected to your sacral center with a channel um so yeah there's nine centers and seven of yours are open so it means that you in the openness we take in energy from others we amplify it and we mirror it back 
And then in the definition or the defined centers, um, we have that buffer for energy. So you are quite open in your chart. So you will take in quite a bit of energy from other people. But what's interesting about your definition, because normally a chart will have, not normally, like charts can look anyway. I've had many charts that only has two centers defined. But because you're, you're, you only have that one channel instead of a few, like the energy is quite concentrated there. And the channel that you've got, the 63, is the channel of mutation. And it's individual energy. And it's quite a, we call it in human design, a format energy, because there's three energies linking your root to your sacral, and you have the middle, the individual channel one, um, which is, it works in a pulse. So it's about bringing transformation and things like that to the world and mutation, but you can't predict when it's on or off. Like, it, okay. yeah, it's on when it's on and it's off when it's off. And when it's off, there's like, nothing new happening, nothing moving, but when it's on, it's like innovative and bringing things out. And yeah, and the thing with individual energy, and I explained this to Claire as well, when I chatted to her, she also has a lot of individual energy. It's being a force for change. It's doing yeah. things different to the tribe and the collective. So I was wondering if you resonate with that and on your journey, if you felt perhaps a little bit lonely or a little bit like people don't understand, but the way that you, or the things that you want to do, because it's so new and fresh and innovative, people hasn't seen it. So yeah. Do you, yeah, do you resonate with that? I do resonate with that. Not, not the lonely part. Um, I, I've always enjoyed being, being ah. an individual. Um, and I I think because of the work I do, being the outsider that looks in, it makes it easier to to actually help people than if I am completely yes. in the crowd. So it's actually been quite a useful place. I also don't read a lot unless it I, I, it really resonates with what I need to know because yeah. I don't want, I don't want to dilute the 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 download that I get exactly. From so yeah, yeah, because the individual energy is all about that. It's about downloading stuff from divinity straight. <laughs> It's not about getting it from the outside or, or yeah. getting it from a place of, um, you know, of what we've seen in the world already. It's bringing something completely new to the world. So, um, it's yeah, and people tend to, they tend to, um, information overload is such a problem. And then you mm. can't be in your power because you have too much information floating around. Whereas I try to keep it pure so that mm. the, I, can, I can cut it, cut through to the, the source. Yeah, yes. So, yeah. yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. So tell us also where people can find you if they want to book a reading with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, I have a website. It's um, www.astrofania.co.za. Mm -hmm. That's you can you can um, find me there and see what I do. I've put that, yeah, the website will give you more information of what I do. Um, if you are in Cape Town, you can come for an in-person reading, which is I live in comedy, or I also do Zoom readings. So all you need to do is is message me. Uh, WhatsApping is is the easiest because I have my phone with me. Emails they get diluted, and I often don't get them. Okay. Um, so WhatsApp me, and then I'll be able to then yeah take it from there. Amazing, yeah. awesome. A reading is usually the first reading is about ninety minutes. Um, yeah, so 
And as I said, it could be in, in person. I prefer in person, but Zoom is also fine. Okay, awesome. And so before we, we, we say goodbye, is there any like things happening apart from this eclipse that we have coming up? Um, or the other thing I actually wanted to ask was about the solstice. Yes. In this okay, well, before, can... mm-hmm. before that, um, there are quite a few things happening. Okay, so cool. <laughs> first I'm so, going to make notes. Um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we got uh, October was a very um, interesting month because we had, we had six planets in retrograde for a while. Mm-hmm. And so it, that's why it felt so slow and stuck. Um, and then slowly. We're... Alrighty. So you said the six planets were in retrograde in October. Yes. Um, so without going into too much detail on the different planets, it's just mm. retrograde energy is internal. It also, it has a feeling of going backwards rather than forward. So when you're trying to do something ahead or forward, moving something, a, re- a retrograde energy is going to make it feel like it's a bit stuck or a bit kind of like you need to go back to go forward. Um, so, and with, with any, um, change of direction, like, um, there is a stationary point. So when a planet stops retrograding, it goes stationary before it goes forward. So we've had a lot of the stationary energy, which is that it almost feels like being a traffic jam and you can't actually go fast. Mm -hmm. So that's been quite strong. So Saturn's about, I think the 22nd of October that that um, stations and then goes forward again which is great but the one to watch out for is the Mars one at the end of the month 30th 31st of October Mars stations to go retrograde oh yeah okay (laughs) think of the energy of Mars it is about action and energy and drive so the end of the month is going to feel quite slow so Mm. don't try to push it too much because you're just going to be like trying to overtake in traffic jam and cause problems. <laughs> so also in the middle of the eclipse period as well. Mm-hmm. So quite an interesting time. Um, yeah, so we've got we've got the Mars going retrograde, which is a biggie. Um, it stays in Gemini until March next year, and that's quite a long time. So it's all about mm-hmm. the Gemini is about communication and connecting on the kind of more um, networking level. Um, yeah, so it's about re-looking really at stuff because um, it's going backwards. So it's, it's like renovating, reassessing how we're moving forward. Mm. Um, Jupiter goes back into Pisces at the end of the month as well, which is interesting because it just it's it was in Pisces at the beginning of the year and then went into Aries. Pisces is the sign of dreams, so it's a chance to re- really look at the dream dream that you had and then work with it so that you can try and manifest it next year because it moves back into Aries at the beginning of next year. So uh, there's the, that and and then the um, eclipse stuff. What else is there? Yeah, that's pretty much it, but it's it's a lot for one month. <laughs> yes, exactly. All very, very, it feels like we're getting condensed. But yes, and then we've got the Saturn square Uranus, which was the an energy we had in 2021, where it felt like the two sides were fighting against each other. The the, the people that stick to the rules and the people that rebel against the rules. The, Ooh, the didn't we have that? Yeah. <laughs> the polarities. <laughs> or, yeah, polarity. Now, mm. now that energy is coming back into exact um, square, which is the challenge energy. 
um, now, right with this this power and money and secrets. Oh. So it's interesting. Something something could actually this eclipse could bring things up that we actually need to see that could be linked to last year's stuff. So oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm saying oh because I can remember exactly how that time played out for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was difficult. Um, yeah, weird time. Okay, and then in the solstice. What yeah, does solstices so, mean? And yeah, it's obviously different in the southern hemisphere than it is in the northern hemisphere. But yeah, if you could talk on so that. In astrology, one tends to use the cross quite a bit in the sense of like um, north, south, east, west, or um, sunrise, midday, sunset, midnight. And it's the same with the, um, you've got the summer solstice, then you've got the equinox, and then you've got the winter mm. solstice, the other equinox. So you've got those four points in the year, which are very linked to um, the seasons, actually, mm. and so the essence of the energy of that time. So, for example, the, the summer solstice is the, the longest day and the shortest night, so that yes. sun is really strong. So you're focusing mm. on the energy and how it is coming to be. Um, so, yeah, so that... The equinox was about, what was it, a, a few weeks ago, almost a month ago, and that sort of ushered in spring for us here, didn't it? Yes. And then exactly. middle so summer is solstice. So the equinoxes work at the moon, and the, sun, mm. the solstices work at the sun, solar sun. Ah. So if you look at the equinoxes, they, they, you'll find that it's the highest higher tide of the year, or the lowest low tide of the year. The moon is at its fullest and is closest to the earth, and that affects the tides and affects those things. So, I guess the the moon rules the sea. That's where you'll see it really strongly. The sun, well, I mean, if you think of the sun as heat, so it's mm. the hottest year. You know, like so, you'll really feel that the heat of the the sun around the solstice mm. time. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you for that as well. Well, thank you for all of this. I've learned quite a bit. I'm definitely going to re-listen and make notes and keep it close by as we, yeah, for the rest of October and as we go into November and to remember that Mars um, retrograde as well until March. Yeah, that's a biggie. Well, it doesn't retrograde until March, but it stays in Gemini. I think it starts to go. Oh. Okay. Um, it spends a long time in one sign, right. so yeah. Okay. If you know your class and you know where Gemini is, look at that because that will be the area of focus. Okay. For you. I'll check. I'll check definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anya. Thank you for chatting with me, for taking the time, and um, that I could share you on, in the space. Um, I was really so I definitely need yeah, to, yeah. to yeah, yeah, thank you. It's <laughs> also need... a great time to come for a reading is when you have a new birthday because the solar return is the start of a chart for the year. So uh, if you come a year or two before or on your birthday, it's a great time to actually look at how, how you're activating that chart for the year. Yes. It's like, it's like your own New Year's kind of. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. And, and just before I leave, I just want to just, um, for those that are in the area, I do, I do um, little um, full moon um, talks at the local restaurant in Comiki. Um, but I also, also talk on the radio now. 
tell us when where <laughs> so so the the full moon talks is a little restaurant called the cone collection at Pomaki. Mm-hmm. um that's that's the around the full moon time um i'm doing one for the eclipse now next wednesday as well just be, just after the eclipse um then, then the the radio uh, its own radio which is actually a local radio station that asked me to talk on astrology um and that's that's the first wednesday of every month at one o'clock and zone radio is 88.5 fm but you can also um stream it great oh thank you for sharing that we can tune in and listen to you then thanks and keep the information fresh because it obviously the planets um, planets change all the time and they keep moving so um yeah to just keep up to date so thank you so much. Thank you for that. Sure. All righty. Right. And um, have a lovely day. We'll chat. Thank okay, you. Cool. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please give me a review so that others can find this space too. Lots of love. Mm-hmm.